What is going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Running and Gunning Podcast with your hosts, Justin Sinan and Logan Sandburn. We are stoked to have you joining us. Unfortunately, Logan is uh, not joining us, and I know in the past couple episodes we have not had him on, but he is still with us. He's uh, just joining back on the force, so he's a little bit uh, going through a bumpier schedule than normal. So he's going to be joining us when he can, uh, but for the time being, we're going to keep things flowing. We got an awesome guest lined up. Uh, we are kicking off season two with Cole Maney. He is from Michigan. Uh, this dude is just a just a dream chaser. I, I really respect this guy. I got to meet him uh, at some outdoor shows, and we got to hang out afterwards. Uh, definitely, you know, even cooler after finding out that he uh, he backs it up too, because he is a killer. So, uh, without further ado, if you guys don't know him, uh, Cole, how are you doing this evening, man? Doing fantastic. Can't complain. Um, yeah, I mean, I can give you guys a little background. Uh, but, yeah, like you said, Cole Maney um, from Michigan. Whitetail hunting is bread, my bread and butter, absolutely. But I, I do work for Kuyu, um, regional sales rep for them. So getting into the Western world has really been uh, a big jump, big difference. But uh, I'm happy to sit here and really talk about whitetail hunting and Western hunting because now I have two loves. It's always been whitetail hunting, but it's really hard to go back and forth, and you can't really – can't really pick one either you know absolutely man that's why i was really excited to have you on and get into this because i'm just venturing into the seas of uh you know western hunting we're uh counting down the days man honestly it's like i feel like the weeks are just zipping by i think i've got like a month absolutely and um i'm getting super pumped man just shooting my bow trying to stay in shape i'm getting like almost a little bit of burnout because i feel like i've been working out so much and i'm like <laughs> all right well that's like, that's just it i mean it's hard for me to get in the gym religiously but uh-huh. uh but when you have something to look forward to you know when you yeah. have a, you have a specific hunt coming up and you know you're gonna be in rough country rough terrain you're gonna be carrying a big pack x amount of days the pack out all the above i mean it just makes you grind harder and harder and harder that's what yeah. pushes me to get in the gym i'll tell you that much absolutely man and i mean i think like for me it's the huge like unknown factor because i've never been out west ever so i'm like oh yeah for sure oh yeah yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be wow. awesome. I'm really looking well, forward Justin, to the adventure. When you think you're in shape enough, get in shape a little more. Okay. That is Word. the only advice I can give for out west. I always think <laughs> I'm prepared and then I'm always, you know, proven wrong. Yeah. Man, I mean, where's a so how many places have you been out west so far? I know give us a little Ooh. breakdown on how you moved from uh Michigan. Where are you living at right now? So I'm in Grand Rapids right now. I'm over on the uh western side of the state, central okay. western ish. Um, but yeah, I've lived in Michigan my whole life and, uh, I mean, I've traveled the whole Midwest deer hunting basically my entire life. Um, all literally just about every state around Michigan, around Iowa, Missouri. Um, but, uh, as far as out West, you know, I, you were telling me previously that, uh, you're getting into an elk hunt and my very first trip out West was an over the counter elk hunt in Colorado for archery. And, um, you know, I just kept telling myself, I got to do it. I got to do it. I got to do it. And, uh, whitetail hunter from Michigan hitting the mountains, never done it before. But, um, we basically, I had one cameraman with me and we just shot out there and just thought we would, uh, thought we'd give it a try and have fun with it. But, um, yeah, well, that was my first out West hunt from there on out. I mean, it, I was hooked, dude, absolutely yeah. hooked. So I've been hitting other States ever since then trying to knock off every species off the list. Absolutely, man. Were you guys successful that first year or was it like a big learning? Yeah. Curve? I mean, it was definitely a learning curve. Don't get me wrong. 
Um, mm. but yeah, we were successful and it, it was not lack of trying. I'll tell you that much. I mean, we, we oh, pushed sure. hard. Um, yeah. one of the biggest things I always run into with buddies is we'll plan a hunt. You know, we might be four of us, maybe five of us and I'm always ready. I'm ready to rock, got all my gear and shape, got my tags, uh-huh. you know, but, uh, it seems to fall through with a lot of buddies and, uh, I mean, life happens. Don't get me wrong. This comes up, that comes up. Um, so I ended up calling my buddy from Florida who has lived at sea level and, uh, and he was my cameraman for the trip. So he basically went from sea level all the way up to uh, 11,000 feet. So it was definitely a learning curve. We, uh, I believe it was a nine day hunt that we went on back country. Um, but I'll tell you what, when we got there, it was, uh, it was a wake up call. Cause we pulled up to the trailhead and there were uh, 27 cars at the trailhead before we went oh, up there. Man. And I was like, I heard it was going to be crowded, but, uh, this is a little ridiculous. Yeah. Um, That's wild. that hunt was ridiculous though. Uh, we hunted our, we hunted our butts off just to end up killing uh, our bull on the last day. Um, we almost shot an absolute giant on the first day, a 350 bull and that's on over the counter unit. And mind you, and I'll go ahead and tell you, it was unit 26 near Glenwood Springs. Um, but, uh, the first, the success rate doing my research on units, um, that, that unit actually had a success rate of less than 1% for bull and 5% for cow. So it was not a good success rate unit, but looking at the unit itself, it fit my type of hunting of what I wanted to do. Um, so that's why I chose that unit. Um, we busted our asses off the entire time. I mean, it was a really tough hunt. Ended up getting on the bull I killed the night before the last day. And um, and it doesn't always go to plan. You know, we, we got all the way to 14 miles in and ran into a base camp and got discouraged, you know. Um, so we started hunting our way back. And I wanted to check out, check out one overlooked spot that was near the car. And I ended up getting on this bull a mile and a half from the car. Um, and I uh, ended up backing out. Came back the next morning. Got right back on him. Um, but what you'll learn is, you know, hunting elk in September, it, it's it's priceless to have somebody calling for you, you know, having somebody a good 60 yards behind you calling because you can get those bulls to come in, but uh, they tend to hang up, you know, they'll, they'll cover 200 yards, but the last, you know, 80 yards or so they'll hang up and they will not, they won't even show themselves. Um, But we ended up making it work. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was the girls to go to them with that last. Well, that's just, that's just it. You know, they basically are saying, Hey, I've covered this amount of distance and now it's your turn. You know, you're the one calling to me. Now you cover the rest. That's right. Um, but yeah, long story short, ended up screwing with him for a while. Finally figured out that it was an older bull, um, just cause of how he was reacting to my bugles and, uh, really fired him up, pissed him off, snuck up over this little ridge cause he would not close that last 30 yards. And, uh, as soon as I came up over this ridge, he, he was no joke, five yards from me. And, uh, and he busted, I mean, he took off, but I had actually had a Montana decoy in my hand and a cow call in my mouth. So I started cow calling real hard and um, he turned around, looked back and gave me just enough time to drop that decoy and, uh, come to a full draw on my knees, but still full pack and whatnot. And, and going, you know, Justin going from whitetail hunting to deer to elk hunting, totally different animals in general. I mean, they'll, right. they'll let you get, they'll let you get away with a lot more, but not only that is I'm good at ranging deer without a range finder. You know, I'm good at guessing ranges way Something off with an elk. Yeah, it's just, it, throw, it throws me through a, a loop, mm-hmm. you know? So anyways, I ended up guessing that he was about 25, 30 yards. Uh, shot for lungs. And, uh, as soon as I let it rip, I knew I went low. Um, but, uh, he ended up being about 40 yards, uh, but it dropped right on in into his heart. You know, I was aiming for lungs, ended up hitting heart and he took off, ran about 40 yards and ended up piling up. And, um, but cool thing about that bull is, um, you know, if, if you get to know me, I like the old mean bucks, you know, the old mean animals in general. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm chasing that rack too. 
I want a stud. Oh, I do. Sure. Yeah. Everybody's chasing it, but I'll take a 140 whitetail. That's a six, seven year old, just old mean warrior over, you know, a 160 that's three years old. You know, I would, I would take that 10 times out of 10. Um, but this bull ended up being over 15 years old. So he was just an ancient warrior. He's just been around forever, but it was a cool deal. And that just got me hooked on Western hunting. And, uh, you know, whitetail obviously is just fall, but you're able to get out there in the spring. Like two months ago, I just got back from a spring black bear hunt in Montana. And, um, it's just nice to be able to fill hunts throughout the year when you're just waiting on fall, you know? Oh, dude, I know. I, that is one thing I really want to try to get into more, even like pig hunting or something. Oh, just yeah. To, just something to mix it up. I feel like now I got bow fishing. That's kind of been my, my latest yep, that's like, a lot of craze. Fun. Oh, yeah. We're super lucky where I live at. We're like a couple hours from uh, – Man, it was wild. There was actually guys from Texas there we seen. Um, the last time we went, there were guys from Minnesota. I mean, yeah. people were like traveling just to bowfish the dam there it's crazy really yeah that's like, wild I mean, but but there's fish we, everywhere isn't there at that dam yeah yeah i mean they have it's uh crazy. i shot a have you ever seen those spoon boat spoon oh fish? yeah dude yeah you normally so, snag them yeah well i whacked one of them man it was awesome but it was so early in the day and i didn't have like enough ice in the cooler for this thing like i was just totally <laughs> unprepared yeah and yeah i couldn't I, I didn't really trust to eat it but it's just fun yeah. It's just a fun little activity. I mean, I definitely need to get into the bear hunting, but I mean, what do you, do you like the meat? I've heard the meat's not that good. On bear? Yeah. So it's going to be totally dependent on time, first off time of year, but second off what they're eating. So if you want to get into a bear in the fall, there's actually certain, so most out West states, when you pack an animal out and it's normally like 90% or so, I think it depends on the area and what animal but uh, you have to you have to pack out a specific amount of meat and take a specific amount of meat off that animal and not let it go to waste. Um, there actually are there are actually some areas um, that for fall bear hunting, if they're eating fish, you don't actually have to take all of the meat. Um, and that's because when they're eating fish, their meat tastes like fish and it's brutal, it's nasty. Um, I mean, they still need to be managed. Yeah, they still need to be managed. Um, but there's also other times that also in the fall, if their main diet is blueberries their their meat actually has a sweet taste to it and uh when you were to actually skin it out all the fat is purple um okay. so it totally depends on what they're eating but um yeah bear can be phenomenal actually that's awesome man i'm learning all kinds of stuff tonight <laughs> i didn't uh i had no idea about that because i know one of uh my friends i used to have in maryland he was a taxidermist and he actually is a alaskan guy he's been doing it for oh, okay. a long time dude and I was asking him about like, I was like, what's your favorite meat, you know, like from Alaska, from all the trips you've had. And he said his favorite thing was mountain lion. And I couldn't believe that. I've heard that. I'm like, really? I, a mountain lion? You threw me for a loop with that. Cause I'm like, not moose. Like, it's... yeah. Well, one of my employees actually, uh, he said that his favorite was mountain lion. He said it tastes a lot like pork, which okay. is interesting, but he said that's his favorite. Hands down. I always say if if you're gonna eat meat, I'm not sure if you want to eat it. You know, yeah, just, right. Just my rule of thumb, but you know, <laughs> whatever. We're kind of going down a rabbit hole in that one, but yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man. So I mean, let's let's try to compare like the running gun style of like whitetail hunting to your western hunting. Like, is there some stuff that you feel applies in both, or is there uh, is it completely different game? I mean. Let's get your I mean, spin on it. Well, yes and no. 
Um, I'm going to say yes and no. The, the mean, the reason for that is, uh, as far as instinctual thoughts, like thinking about their instincts, why they act the way they do, why they go to where they go, when they travel, why they travel, all the above, whether it's the rut, whether it's food, um, it, that is somewhat similar with whitetail. Don't get me wrong. So having the whitetail background and, uh, because, I mean, you and I both, Justin, we, we basically study a deer. And it's like, how am I going to get in on this deer? You know, right. you study it. You figure out why it does what it does, when it does what it does. So you already have a good, you know, instinct for that. Um, getting out west is the same as far as pressure. You know a mature whitetail. You get in there, and depending on how, how, how uh, pressured he is, I mean, he could get your scent one time and not return to that area for another week, you know, let right. alone during daylight. Um you know, elk can be the same, you know, anything out West really can be the same, but I mean, an elk busts you with his nose, he could run six, seven miles and not stop, you know? Yeah. Um, so their range is way bigger, but, um, for me, I love, love, love whitetail hunting. That was what I grew up doing. I shot my first deer when I was nine with a compound and I was hooked ever since. Um, that's always been my bread and butter and I cannot, I can confidently say it'll always be my bread and butter. But I look at them completely different because when I'm going out west, a lot of the time I either have a cameraman or have a couple of buddies with me. And it's a social thing. It's teamwork. You know, we're both mm -hmm. putting our thoughts together. We're both glassing. Somebody might be calling. Somebody might be filming. Regardless, they have to keep up and they have to hike and do all the things that I have to do. So it's a team effort. Um, right. As far as pack out, I'm not packing out an 800 pound elk by myself, you know, um, stuff like that. So I think it's a total... Uh, like a camaraderie type deal um with me but it's totally different and different times of the year you know it gives me an excuse to get into shape the scenery is ridiculous i mean it's unbelievable there's something about staying in a tent on top of a mountain you know in the middle of absolutely nowhere with no cell service it's it's awesome i agree man i can't wait to disconnect i know my wife was not it's, thrilled yeah. about that she's like, <laughs> she's like what the hell do you mean you're not gonna be able to call me for seven days and i'm like well yep yep <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, too late now. We're not turning back. Yeah. So Absolutely. it was definitely, but, uh, it, I can't wait for it though, man. Like I, just to be able to get out West is since I was a kid is something I've always dreamed of doing. And, mm -hmm. um, I'm just living the dream, man. I mean, well, I mean, I, after this hunt, you go on a week, we're going to have to connect and we'll, we'll want to out West hunt together. Dude, I'm down. Let me know. That's really my whole perspective on doing this was to try and learn from a guide as much sure. as I can. And I've, I met this guy and he's super, he's a lot like me. Like I feel like he gets after elk the way I get after whitetails. Right. And right. Super consistent. I think he's ever since he was a kid, his dad has had this outfitting business. So he just grew up doing this. Oh, nice. And, um, nice. So I'm really looking forward to it just to learn from him. Cause I don't have, I didn't have anybody's for the longest time that even elk hunted, you know? So right. Was like, right. Whatever, man. Do or die. And I sent it. And then now in the past couple of years, I've met all these awesome people. Sure. And they're like, oh, yeah, man, we should do an elk hunt. And I'm like, oh, yep. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, well, one thing, one thing too, Justin, is like, if you don't want to, I mean, obviously you're going on that elk hunt, but um, if you want to get like a happy medium between the two, um, like this past year, I went out to Nebraska for uh, mule deer and we went in the plains, rolling hills. I mean, it's not total mountains, but don't get me wrong, there's cliffs, you know. Yeah. I mean, it, it it can it can get pretty steep. I mean, as opposed to the whitetail woods. Um, and I went out there with with uh my camera crew last year and uh in September and it was, you know, battling the heat 100 degrees. But we're running and gunning, chasing and just spotting stalking uh muleys. And I had 
you know, absolutely no idea when it comes to mule deer. You know, I'm a whitetail hunter and I learned they are way different. They are so different from whitetail. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But, um, I mean, just, we just said, screw it. Let's do it. You know? So we cruised right. on out there and it was I'm not going to lie. It was the first day we were there. Ended up spotting a really nice muley out in, uh, out about 600 yards, bedded up, put a 600 yard stock on them, led to a 60 yard shot, watched them go down. It was just picture perfect, you know? And then we That's spent the next it. eight days chasing muleys for my cameraman too. But it's a happy medium. It kind of gives you that, that feel of the, of the Western world. But at the same time, you're still hunting deer, you know? Man, I gotta, we got to touch on something here, Cole. We have to. All right. You're a single guy, right? Are you? I am not anymore. Okay. Congratulations, man. But you've been <laughs> for a while, right? I mean, you've kind of. I was. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure your old lady knows she's got to be flexible with the schedules, but. I was going I mean, to point she's, out. She's going to Montana with me this fall. Oh, heck yeah. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing I was like, I feel like we need to touch on Cole's a single guy here. He yep. can do as much as he wants to. And, uh, you know, I, I'm really lucky, man. My wife's a saint. She, you know, she's all yes. down for this. So, um, but hopefully I like can bring home some elk meat, but yeah, dude. Um, I mean that, but that is hard going out West because it's not like you're going white to hunt for a night or a weekend, no, you know, no, you are, you different. are disconnected for a week to two your weeks. Level, depending on like, what you're hunting. Just the level of preparedness from mm-hmm. white tails to elk is like on it's, it's just crazy. Cause you're like, all right. Now I need like another set of boots in case yeah. my boots, like yeah. you get into all this other stuff. But, uh, the cool thing is like, now that you have it, once you get that stuff, it's like, all right, well, you're exactly. a road warrior too. That's the other thing I was exactly. trying to touch on was, uh, you drive to all these outdoor shows all over the place. Oh yeah. So you're pretty used to being behind the wheel and, and you're like, now I have the same mindset and I'm like, yeah, oh, whatever, man, I can ride 10 hours. No problem. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we just got back to South Dakota for one of the Total Archer Challenge shoots, and it was, you know, 19 hours through the night. Get there, work the weekend, have fun on the evenings, you know, so maybe not get as much sleep. And then, you know, 19 hours home through the night. So it, it does take a toll on you. But now, since we've done, I've done it so much, it's just another car ride, you know. I leave tomorrow yes, morning for a eight-hour drive, you know, for another show. And it's, you know, it just becomes that thing. But now when you're looking forward to a hunt, it's nothing, you know, you're excited. Right. You're, you're going to have fun. You know? Yeah. No, I agree, man. That's, that's like the one thing. And a lot of guys have been telling me that they're like, dude, don't even worry about nothing. Cause you're going to be so stoked to just wake up in the morning and get out yep. of your elk. They're like, you're going to yep. forget about it. So. Well, we'll going see, back I mean, to the whole woman thing though, Justin. Um, yeah. Let's yeah. It, 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 well, it, it's tough, dude. <laughs> I mean, it is tough. It, it's really hard. I mean, Fortunately for me, like my girlfriend, she is so down to earth first off, but she is, she's on my side. You know, she knows that my passion is hunting. My, I find my peace, my love. I love to hunt and, um, she'd never take that away from me, you know? So when it comes to going on these hunts and stuff, she doesn't give me the run around, like you're leaving me guilt trip. It's more like, get out there and kick ass. You better come home with some meat, you know? And not to mention, I mean, she actually has her own photography business and uh, videography. So, um, and she loves to hike and camp. So she goes out in the mountains on her own as is. I so mean, now, dude, you know, what are you guys doing? Are you, are you making a yeah. series or what? Yeah. <laughs> Come we, on. we will be social. Yep. We'll be videoing everything. I'm sitting on a lot Sweet. of footage right now, Justin, a ton of footage from the last That's couple of years, last few I years. I can't wait to see it. Um, yeah, just been a channel or. Um, well, I used to have my own LLC. Well, I say used to, I still do, um, loaded draw, but, uh, 
we basically discontinued it. When I say discontinued, we just haven't been posting. We haven't been uh, connecting with our fans lately. It's just been, life has happened. It's been really busy. We've had six guys in the group and, you know, everybody's getting pulled this way, that way and uh, moving out of state for work, you know, so it's just kind of slowly starting to fall apart. But, um, but it gave us a good idea of how to go about everything, you know. Um, now I've been saving all this footage since then um, to basically be able to edit and then say, hey, get my customers or my customers, my uh, um, fans to follow along and basically be like, hey, every week we're releasing this video. So then we can get all of that edited so that they can follow along on the journeys and release mm -hmm. one a week for X amount of time. Um, but it's hard for me not to film anymore, you know. I mean, don't get me wrong, whitetail hunting, I've lost opportunities at Mature Bucks because I'm filming. I mean, I could have easily killed them without a camera, but I want it on camera. So I agree, sometimes dude. I just got to bite hard. my tongue and, you know. I've been super blessed, to be honest with you. Like, since moving to Kentucky, I've had some calm deer uh, coming in for bow shots, which has been nice. But everybody gives me that doomsday, like, don't worry, that camera's going to save a deer's life one of these days, and you're going to hate that damn thing. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I can right. see how that could happen. I don't know. What do you I've like had to film with? What, what's your setup, man? I, you know, I'm actually between right now. Um, I'm kind of I'm going back and forth from going with a camcorder to an actual camera. Um, it's just it's hard for me because whenever I go out west, like that mule deer hunt, for instance, um, I had a Canon, really nice Canon. The zoom was ridiculous, and my cameraman actually filmed from 500 yards out, and you could see my arrow go through the through the air frame by frame. You know, nice. it was awesome. kick ass. You know, so that was easier for me to get in and get, make that shot um, on that animal with him staying back and still be in the, in the footage. Kick ass. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he can get me and the deer all in one frame yeah, and that's uh, sick. badass footage. But now I'm kind of kind of switching over um, to the camera side of things. Um, then I'm not bringing a camera and a camcorder. Um, I'm doing you know, the same I thing. I still brother. want the pictures. Yeah, I've been recording with a Canon G20 for the past. Yep. Probably six years. I actually I think, just, that's what I think, I think that's what I have. Yeah. Um, it's just a little handy cam. I mean, it's great. And I was kind of like, well, I wanted to get a nice camera, and I wanted to up my quality of footage. And mm -hmm. right. I'm a little bit nervous, to be honest with you. Just like it's just so much more going on than – Oh, it is. I mean, you're dealing with everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're dealing with everything as far as I always preach too. like practicing and everything. I'm like, I need to freaking practice with that thing. I'll tell you what. Right. That's well, why dude, I tried to bring your... a cameraman with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been white tail hunting. I'm almost always self filming though. Yeah, I figured that. I had a feeling. Um, what's what's your uh, mobile setup, man? What are you running when you're going after whitetails? You know, I'm actually still using the Twistrio series Lone Wolf. Um, I got one of the first ones that came out. Um, still has that uh, that like matte feel to the outside, you oh, know. Nice, like the um, OG. Lone Wolf literally one of the OGs. Yep, yep. That's so I was talking yeah. with talking with one of some of the Lone Wolf boys, talking with Connor and uh, Cody and whatnot. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, they they wanted to check it for serial numbers because they knew it was like one of the first ones to come out. But um, I actually killed my biggest deer with that stand, and uh, that's what I'm running right now. But I've also got my saddle. Um, between brands on saddles right now, I was running a tethered, but uh. I think I'm going to be switching over to XOP um, okay. as far as my saddle. But um, it just depends for me. I mean, it depends first off how far I'm going in, but second off the kind of timber I'm going to be hunting. Um, especially if I'm filming. If I'm filming, I like to run a saddle. I, I don't really screw with using the stand at that point, only it's, only when I'm filming yeah. just because I can wrap around the tree and it's much, much easier for me. Yeah. Um, but your camera if on? I have – yeah. But if Sorry, I have like mature jump, mature jump timber, 
No, no, not at all. If I have mature timber though, dude, I'm going to be running, I'm going to be running my lone wolf. Um, and I'm kind of between sticks right now. I have the regular, the, um, just the, the short diameter four step or four two step, um, sticks right now. And, and I like it. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, with all the other stuff that lone wolves come out with, it's hard not to, to jump up there and start trying to use the, the new climbing sticks. But, um, I've been all over the board. Um, but I just can't get over how, how effective mobile hunting can be, you know? Yeah. I mean, if I can, too, you know? Oh, it is, dude. It, it's like, it is. It you're not hunting the same more... tree stand, same area, 24-7. You're running gun. You're trying to outsmart that deer. Why am I going to be sitting here? Where is he going to go? And then try to intercept, you know. Um, but Michigan, biggest buck I ever killed. Um, I actually got tipped off by a friend that, hey, this has been in my backyard. I've seen this non-hunter. That year, I went out there and littered the woods with, with cameras. I never even got that deer on camera, you know. And the next year, he, got, he ended up seeing it again. Let's me know. And I'm like, dude, no way. So I run out there, I threw one trail camera and, um, I finally started getting him on camera and, uh, started figuring him out. But, uh, all I knew is he headed West in the evening. That's about it. Um, I was in his bedding area. He came more in the middle of the day than he did any other time, but it was too hard to hunt. I, I'm not the guy to go in there and bust him out. You know, this ended up being a seven and a half year old deer. Um, you know, so end up using my cell cam. I can't, I cannot even stress how you know efficient cell cameras have came to the game i mean it is just a game changer but uh got a picture of him going west and going east you know late later in the evening i was able to literally run grab my lone wolf cruise on out there find a tree that was on that exact uh trail got set up and ended up killing him that night you know i hunted for that deer one day that year and i couldn't even get him on camera the year before let alone kill him and I uh ask, i hunted for him one time one? Yeah, yeah, he ended up hitting, oh, well, dude. biggest, biggest, yeah, biggest Michigan buck. He, he, he hit 160 on the dot. Um, that was but, a, yeah, seven-and-a-half-year-old yeah. deer, old, old deer. Yeah, that was a giant, dude, anywhere. I mean, I was I was like, dang, check that thing out. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah, I was like, my boy gets after it. I've seen, seen you oh, posing with some elves. But, I mean, like, a lot, of the, a lot of the deer behind me, I mean, you can see a couple of deer. I know you can just see Justin, but all these deer are, you know, 140 to 170, and, um, most of them were killed with, uh, you know, a mobile setup. I, awesome, I, it's just, for, for me, it's just, I mean, these, these mature bucks, they get too smart, dude. You know, if you oh, leave yeah. a stand in a certain location, X amount of times, you get busted out of that stand multiple times. They take a mental note of where that stand is and they're oh, going to avoid sure. it, you know? I've, and if I you mean, can get in there. Yeah. I've throttled deer while they were looking into a ladder stand. I mean, yeah, like, yeah they dude, came up 100%. out of a bottom and like creeped up and looked at that thing. And I was like, whack. They were, and that's awesome to hear. Yeah. I love hearing that. Um, and then not to mention when you go and hang a stand for a future setup, you're leaving set in there when you're just hanging it. Yeah. You know, no, it, it's um, just like we had a good discussion. Me and uh, I don't know if you know who Rendell Eric is, but we were I know just the name. talking. I know the name. And uh, he was like, well, dude, I mean, sometimes you just need to go throw a sit instead of throwing a camera. Like if the sign's right. that good, I mean, that's why, you know, we have our mobile setups with us so we can yep. get around and scout with our setups and not worry about it. If you're not 100%. finding what you need, then don't hunt, you know, get mm -hmm. out of the woods. Like you're not doing any good if you don't feel like you're getting after them. I mean, but when you find that sign and you're like, I mean, I've done it multiple times where it's like, all right, this is it right here. Set up and that evening they're done. And yep. that is what mobile yep. hunting's about right there. Like Agreed. that first virgin sit where you can access without tampering with the deer and, so was that like your your favorite buck that you've like assassinated? I guess with your 
mobile setup or what? With my mobile setup, um, it was one of the most memorable because I'm not going to get into the entire story, but uh, just after laying eyes on him from that period to actually shooting him was a roller coaster. Um, yeah. Well, I guess I'll touch on it a little bit. Anyways, the, yeah, I was in a, I was, I was, I was in a, I was in an oak, and the only mature tree in this entire area was all you know immature um, timber, just bushy trees, nowhere to actually hang. This was the only tree I could get into, and I was only about you know twelve feet up as high as I could get. And I actually used one stick at the base of the tree, used um, branches the rest of the way to get up, because I knew this was a super old deer, very very small chunk of timber, <clears throat> and. Uh, it was dropping like crazy. I had every deer in the area coming, and they were all underneath me. I couldn't move a muscle. Um, they ended up looking upwind, um, and they got all nervous. I knew he was coming. Um, he ended up coming in. He sat in front of me for about 15 minutes when he was about six yards. I mean, I'm not kidding you, and I'm 12 feet off the ground. Um, I couldn't move. I was already bow in hand, standing up, ready to pull back. He was facing towards me the whole time. He ended up, he ended up looking up and seeing the one stick I had on the tree and instantly busted like he well he looked at the looked at the stick and instantly looked up at me like he knew he knew that yeah. that tree did not have that stick on it before you know uh-huh. very smart deer ended up busting ran about 30 yards stopped behind brush the whole time i came to full draw i don't even know why i pulled back to be honest with you i was literally asking myself my myself the same question why are you even pulled back you have no shooting lanes he ended up working his way through all on edge i finally stopped him at the only little opening i had and he stopped with a tree right behind his vitals now he's ready to run um, and I've been pulling back for probably a minute, minute and a half at this point. And, uh, I basically told myself as soon as he takes a step to run, because he was ready to run after I stopped him, uh, right. as soon as he takes a step, step to run, I'm letting it, I'm letting it fly. Um, then exactly what happened. He took a step right before he started bounding and, uh, I let it loose, it hit a couple twigs on the way to him, <laughs> but, um, hey, I mean, it, it hit its mark and, uh, so thick that I could just see his rack running away, ran about 40, 45 yards and, uh, stopped, got dizzy, end up tipping over. Um, but that you watch that, him crash like you oh got i did through. i, I yeah. yeah oh man i, I it, saw like, it it was it was so is, exciting that is exactly like what i love to see to hear from everybody it's like get your goosebumps up dude yeah i mean we all been there like when that deer just like bolts out and you're like uh even if you did make a good shot you're like oh uh-huh. man like I wonder. there's still that questioning oh, but yeah. like when you slam dunk one and you like watch him tip it's like oh my god but hey if i could touch off what you were just saying about um scouting by doing a hanging hunt you know i was just working a show down in nashville and i had a, was one gentleman come in and uh he showed me a like picture you, of th- you were three... right by me man shoot i should i meant to i was trying to come down but i was just gone the weekend before like, yeah i'm, I'm about it. a couple hours north of nashville so are you really yeah. so how far are you from that one military base there what was the base um fort knox yes dude oh my gosh so yeah anyways this gentleman ended up showing me a picture well three pictures of three 200 inch deer he's taking off of that property and um i was like are you kidding me it blew my mind and then they started telling me you know how you cannot run trail cameras there um there is no trail cameras obviously you get put into a zone you got to follow that zone there's a lot of strings attached a lot of hoops you kind of have to jump through but um it's in my eyes it has to be so difficult to get in and kill a 200 inch deer without the use of cell cameras at all. And if they don't have ag fields that you can spot and scout them with, you know, you're Dude, just kind of running and gunning. You, like if you want my honest opinion, Cole, like this yeah. is so wild. And I talked to a buddy of mine about this the other day when we were young, getting started right before you knew what the hell you were really doing or 
Mm-hmm. Maybe you actually did know what you were doing and you just didn't give yourself enough credit. Sure. Or or like, you know, the knowledge we've accrued. But the thing is now, when I started off, like I was getting on big deer consistently. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't overthinking anything. I was hunting big woods. And it didn't matter, dude, like public or private. I I just had a, a knack for it. I guess just reading something right. and like, okay, right. well, here we go. This is where it is. And then somewhere down the line, like things just changed. And it just, I started like thinking about things and wanting to get pictures of deer. And I think, you know, where I'm trying to go with this is sometimes it's better for you to not run a trail camera. It's better for you not to even step foot in there and if you can know how to read deer sign and have a little bit of woodsmanship Mm -hmm. like a guy like that in a place like that you know i think you can set the men men apart from the boys uh 100 i mean just like you're saying growing up being a kid and not running trail cameras i mean i still remember checking cameras with my dad we literally had to bring it to cvs and get the film you know develop and uh but but aside from that i mean when i was a little kid before i could even drive i would get dropped off and you know, I ended up hunting my grandma's house and I had never even thought about hunting. it. I just came back from hunting the cabin and I was like, I'm here for a night. I'm just going to go in the woods and bring my bow, you know, not overthinking anything, walk through the property a little bit, end up sitting next to a tree. Didn't see a deer the entire night until right before dark. I had an absolute stud come walking the one trail I was hunting 20 yards from me. And, uh, and my, I ended up hitting a limb and it deflected, but either way. And then the neighbor ended up killing him a week later. But, um, (laughs) yeah, it was was brutal, but not overthinking things, you know, just getting out there. And and I think there's something to be said too, about just not, it's hard for me to say this, but like not taking something too seriously. Um, I do take whitetail hunting very seriously, but sometimes it's nice to bring somebody out to shoot their first deer. And it's just, it's laid back. You know, you're not, you're not overthinking anything. You're just getting out there, finding a good spot that shows good sign, depending on the time of the year, what you're reading, you know, I brought my cousin to shoot his first deer and we just did a hanging hunt on public land between two bedding areas. We had no idea, no history, nothing. We saw one deer and it was a really nice buck and it was his first deer. We ended up shooting at 40 yards and it was, you know, the Holy grail. It was awesome, yeah. but it's changed a lot. Just trying to have fun. You know, I think that's like really my mission this year is to just enjoy it, man. Just enjoy the yeah. process. You know, I've learned over the past couple of years of like stressing. Um, I'm just kind of, I'm kind of at that point, man. Maybe I'm like getting a little older, but it's. Nah, uh, I think you just appreciate things a little bit more. I, you I know, I've do. killed a lot of deer, but it's it, things have changed a lot with me. You know, yeah. yeah, it's not just about killing anymore. It's the experience and having fun, especially with absolutely. Buddies. I think that's part of the Western thing with me is like I just want more adventure in my hunting, and yeah. it's like, yep, I want to mix it up. And uh, everybody that I've talked to, like I'm sure you can relate, has said, yeah, once you do this, there's no turning back. Like it's know, true. It's true. You're not going to go out there and hunt unless you just don't see an animal the entire time, which you're not, it's yeah. not going to happen. You're going to get out there and yeah. kill a stud, but, uh, Thanks. no, Thanks. when you go out there and it's, it's totally different, but you get hooked, dude. I even came into it with the mentality of, well, I'm, I'm probably going to have fun, but you know, I'm never going to love this more than whitetail hunting, you know? Right. And I, I guess that still stands true. But with that being said, I, it's a whole different love, dude. It's a whole adventure. You know, it's a chase. It's not, it's totally different but yeah. I cannot never hunt, you know, Western hunting again. I, I have to go every year. You know, I have to. Oh, <laughs> no, I feel you, man. How did, is now like, can you break it down for me? And I'm not trying to uh, get into like costs of stuff, but like, how do you, no, 
how do you, how would you suggest for like some of our guys maybe to like to get into Western hunting, like on an affordable, you know, note, like, so that, like that question is kind of a double-edged sword because, okay. uh, because Western hunting is a lot different than walking to a tree stand and climbing up and hunting. Um, right. you know, I would be totally okay with mid October going to Walmart and buying a bunch of camo and going out there and hunting. You know what I mean? It'll, I'll be fine. I'll stay warm, whatever, you know, but as far as Western hunting, especially if you're hunting some steep, rough terrain, you know, whatever you buy, you're getting your money's worth, you know? Um, I mean, obviously I'm biased cause I'm a, you know, regional rep for Kuyu, but, um, you, we always say, you know, buy once, cry once, you know, yeah, you spend a lot of money on the gear, but you know, with Kuyu, it's a lifetime warranty, you know, it's an investment. Um, if I were to go and go the cheaper route and buy Sitka, I mean, it's going to end up getting destroyed in the first, you know, first hunt, if it's a long hunt, which happened to me, you know, um, but all of the Kuyu gear, I mean, yes, it gets a little expensive, but you're not buying it for every hunt. You're buying it one time and you take care of it. And that's going to be your gear for years and years and years. Yeah. No, man, I, I love that mentality. Buy once, cry once. Uh, it's absolutely the truth, uh, with everything and you get what mm-hmm. you pay for. You well, know. I'm in the lone wolf stand, dude. I ended up spending a thousand bucks on that stand and I still use it. And that was, well, shoot, good Lord, I hope so, was... dude. the cool thing is like, just don't ever get rid of it. And your grandkids right. can run that thing, you know, hands like, down. Absolutely. That's, that's what I, that's one of my favorite, like things to tell guys that are like on the fence about it. It's like, well, you know, how many tree stands do you got? Okay. Well, you got five or 10 tree stands. Well, why don't you just sell a couple of them that are in good shape and put some money in this and then. You can just run this and you don't need to worry about it. Absolutely. And I'm not against pre-hung sets at all because, you know, right. I like having a couple of them, but I don't know. There's something to be said about just going to a big block of woods and, you know, being able to go walk in there as, as deep as you want and hunt. and Without being restricted. That's my exactly. biggest thing. I exactly. just don't want like to be restricted. You know, yeah. I see if I, and, and especially, and you know, I, I incorporate mobile hunting into regular hung sets too. Because yeah. I will be in a regular set, like on a lease down in you know, one of my leases in Missouri, and I will watch a specific buck cross a specific fence line multiple times. Right. And normally, I'd be like, "Damn it, why can't I get him over here?" You know. Mm-hmm. But now I bring my my uh, mobile setup with me every time I go, even though right. I hang stands a couple months prior. But then I'll see him cross that same fence line a couple times, and I Bingo. make a move, dude. Yeah, you know, I make a well, move, I get in there, and he does it again, and I kill him. You know, throw your little tree stand buddy in the back seat. You know, buckle yeah, him. right, <laughs> absolutely, dude. You you really should try to check out the doubles though, um, if you can. I know I don't know what deals we're running, but are you? Uh, do you ever go to any of the road shows at all? They have you know, I talked I talked with yeah, Cody. You know, yeah. Well, I was actually gonna, I was gonna have a booth there with Cody. We talked about it a little bit, but, uh, ended up falling through and then my schedule was just really, really busy. And, and, and I would have personally gone just outside of being a vendor there. You know, I would have gone a hundred percent, but, um, I've had, I've had shows every single weekend that I've yeah, had. Man. Uh, I've learned the, the show circuit is wild from like just learning and having friends in it. It's like, dang, like it's go, yeah. go, go, dude. It I mean, is. I haven't slept in my own bed in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. It's a, it's a grind, man. I mean, but Hey, you know, I mean, how was it for you? Like, I mean, do you feel like you got like your kind of like dream job in the industry or you? Oh dude. I mean, the way I've always looked at it, I mean, even in high school, I wanted to work in the hunting industry. It's always been my dream. I've always wanted to do it, but normally working in the hunting industry is either, you know, you love your job, but you don't make very much money or you make a good amount of money, 
but you don't get to hunt because you're working the same time period as seasons, you know? Right. Um, so it's kind of like a double-edged sword. Um, but for Kuyu, first off, working for Kuyu, I mean, they're just an incredible company to work for. They take care of their employees and they take care of their customers religiously. They're really, really good, good people. Um, but, you know, I have to go to these shows every single weekend and speak on behalf of all of our gear. I'm not going to be that guy that sits there and says, hey, this jacket would be great out west for this elk hunt, you know, in September if I didn't do it, if I didn't wear it. You know, I'm not some imposter sitting up there saying that this will work yeah. good if I don't know. Um, no, so working like for that. Kuyu they're That's on cool. they're on me about getting in the getting in the field so i get to hunt all fall as soon as september really rolls around um that's my time i mean i i mean i'm working shows all year but as soon as september october rolls around october november december it's like you're in the mountain or you're in the woods dude i mean 24 yeah. 7 it's go 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 so i get to still hunt i mean i don't know how many different states i'm hunting for white till this year i think probably five or so um and then on top of you know hunting out west for bear and elk and Going down to Florida, hog hunting, going out to Texas, coyote hunting, doing all we kinds gotta, of stuff. We got to touch on the shark thing because I was like, hey, <laughs> you got this giant ass shark on your Instagram. I'm like, dude, like, is there anything this guy doesn't wow. do? Are you like, I just, I just like that you said I have. Here? <laughs> well, I just love how you said I have a giant shark on my Instagram. I made sure not to post the really big ones because people get a little, uh, bias about him maybe it was like maybe that. it was a picture but, i think it was a picture that i was privy to. you showed me a giant shark oh fat. okay yeah yeah well i do have some and on my instagram like, but they're you know smaller yeah. sharks but um <laughs> yeah no so i yeah my family's got a house down in florida right basically on the beach and uh yeah we'll basically go out spear a 15 pound stingray hook the whole thing on paddle it out 400 yards drop it out uh attached to a brick or something along those lines with some thin line that holds it there and uh and it's a private beach so we'll have a bonfire you know listen to music we bring the whole family i bring the kids the kids absolutely love it um wait for that rod to go off and then you strap in and it could be a 15 minute fight it could be an hour fight depending but when you're dealing with like those 14 14 foot hammerheads i mean they're 1500 pound animals dude um yeah. they're big yeah yeah you manhandle them in and once they get into the surf you go swim and get out there grab the sail drag them in um but uh, next time we're together, I'll show you a few more pictures of it. But that's something that you, you'd have a lot of fun doing, too, if you ever want oh, to go on absolutely. any kind of shark fishing trip. I mean, it's, it's a rocket, dude. It's a yeah, lot of fun. I definitely want to do that. One of my favorite fish I've ever eaten was a lemon shark. Yeah, had, yeah. Uh, it, man, it was delicious. I mean, the guy like kind of blew our minds with it. He was like, look, that's the one you want to eat. And I'm like, all right, cool, because we were mm-hmm. catching like little black tips. and, uh, and Black tips are great, too. Yeah. He said his favorite was the lemon, so that's what we kept. Yeah. But I don't know. Definitely <clears throat> cool. Well, and, and a lot of people frown on it, but it's just like any other animal. They still need to be regulated. They still need to be oh, managed. Oh, dude, there were tons um, and tons of them. We chopped a oh, barracuda everywhere. and threw it in that cove, and they like they just lit up in there. It was pretty cool. Uh-huh. It's pretty crazy watching how they react to stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, to, uh... you can make some serious stakes with those sharks. Oh, I bet, man, especially if you get a big one. The one we had was mm-hmm. tiny, but – Man, one of the things I wanted to ask you about was, are you, you know, privy to the, uh, you know, the Michigan, or, are you in a deer camp? Like, did you grow up with that kind of lifestyle? Or so, what? yeah, so my dad, um, he got me into hunting really, really young. Um, honestly, it was the best thing I could have ever asked for, because growing up, I didn't have the time or money to get into trouble. <laughs> right. I know, I <laughs> you hear know. you, man. It's a but, uh, no, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I shot my first big game animal when I was five, shot a boar. Um, and from there on out, you know, um, my dad made me wait until I could pull back enough weight to kill a whitetail with a bow. And that was nine years old. 
Um, okay. So I shot a basket, basket rack eight when I was nine. And from there on out, I could never go back. I mean, I was absolutely hooked. I probably jawed my dad's ear off about everything under the moon hunting related. And then I didn't watch cartoons growing up. I watched the hunt, sportsman channel, the outdoorsman channel. I watched hunting 24 seven, you know, I hear you, um, That's and I think that is a big part of all the knowledge that I've gathered over the years um, growing up with it. You know, it really yeah. sticks. Yeah, that that's really accurate, man. That that's one thing that I really have never thought about once. That growing up watching hunting for so much, like if it actually made us somewhat better hunters, just like even though now looking back on all the stuff that we used to watch, I'm like I can't really even watch some of it because I'm like just almost like unrealistic. But I do have to have to agree with you on that. It's like it was always something. If it wasn't dirt bikes, it was hunting. Like, you know, if it's in the fall, you can bet we were watching the sports on channel or outdoor channel. Yeah. Hands but, down. Yeah. No, I see. I never grew up with that deer camp, man. And I feel like, yep. Yep. you know, I, I've met some good, great people from Michigan and I feel like all of them have that deer camp, you know, vibe when they, with, you know, it's, it seems like a really, uh, they do. A big they hunting do. kind of friendly state. So. Well, it is. I mean, Michigan is the most overhunted state in the country, aside from us in Pennsylvania, um, for whitetail. Um, But yeah, I mean, I did grow up on a hunting camp as well. Um, That came a little further on. I was probably, I don't know, probably 14 years old um, when my dad became members of his hunting club. You know, northern Michigan, 4,000 acres, but there's 40 members, you know, so everybody hunted the same ground. And, uh, but what I can really say is growing up in a state like Michigan, every deer, every land every public land especially is so unbelievably overhunted that these deer are so, so smart. So we basically had to grow up finding new tactics, finding ways to outsmart these super pressured deer. And the the hunting is just tough, dude. But, um, learning to deal with those kinds of whitetails and then you travel to other States and it's like, Oh my gosh, you know, I go to Iowa and I kill a, you know, a stud on the first hanging hunt, you know, it's just totally different, but I feel like it kind of preps you to go hunt yeah, other states because you already you. have come, that mindset. Now, of Maryland was deer. not, now, I don't you know, know if you know this or not, but I grew up in Maryland and I moved to Kentucky. So, like, you know, we, yep. we the public land where sure, I was at was sure. super hammered and it like progressively got worse. When I first started getting into bow hunting, I was okay. super lucky um, and it wasn't as hammered. So I kind of grew up just hunting like that and just being able to read sign. And then as it got more and more pressured, then I started hunting suburban and then actually believe it or not, man, some of those deer were even more pressured yep. than you would imagine from all over the place. Just trying to be shot at any mature buck at least. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. It just helps you. Well, it's just crazy how things have changed too, because I've, I've always hunted suburban areas as well. Um, you know, I'm not somebody sitting in somebody's backyard, but I'm still hunting suburban areas. Um, but nothing against Seek One whatsoever. But yeah. as soon as they kind of came out and they got really big and everybody and their brother started watching them, everybody yeah. started deciding, hey, my aunt has lives in a suburb. My this lives here. This lives here. I get permission from all these people. And now, I mean, you look at eight years ago, dude, I could go door knock. You know, I could go door knock and I could get permission. I'm not going to say easy, but I, you know, a 25% of the time I'd get a yes. Yep. Now it's like I door knock 30 you, houses I and I might get a yes. Of, uh, you know? Suburban hunting too. And it was awesome. I, f- I literally just, 
it fell into my lap, yep. dude. I, just yep. like how you He's said. Incredible. With, uh, I was going to touch on it, but we got into another subject. But you went out of your, your grandmom's like backyard or whatever. Yeah. And you sat up on that deer. Like, I went out. I was dating this chick. I'm like 17, mm-hmm. 18 years old. I had my dirt bike in the truck. And I was like, well, I'm just going to go for a cruise. And it's rut. I came across like three like Pope and Young deer in there and a stud. I stood yep. probably like one, upper 140s and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like, and I just grabbed my bow and like, I was like, what's this land back there? She's like, oh, it's, yeah. you know, oh, you're, you can go back there. Like we know who those people. Oh, okay, cool. And dude, I was just hooked. And from that point on, it was just skyrocketed into suburban deer because you really come in where yeah. my ass was originally. Like it was mega hammered. Nobody let anything grow. And then all of a sudden, a half hour away, you're getting into, you know, sure. giant bucks. Sure. So I'm like, well, drive two hours to go kill a big buck or a half hour. Hmm, that's pretty easy. But Yeah, exactly. And then you also get the same people that are, you know, saying, oh, well, yeah. you know, these deer, they're not yeah, scared you know, of people, not, this, yeah. that, whatever. It's totally different. I mean, like if you, yeah, it, my backyard, uh-huh. dude, I don't, I live in Lowell now, which is right, right alongside Grand Rapids, but. Um, everybody and their brother hunts all the way around me. Um, and I don't hunt my house. Uh, if I did, I'd have to wipe out 25 does, but I enjoy seeing them at my house more than anything. Cause yeah. I'm not going to get the caliber of bucks I'll be chasing at my house. It's just not going to happen. Uh, if I had more property, maybe I could, but, um, so I just would rather see them. But, uh, no, I mean, these deer, they can look at me. I was just mowing the lawn yesterday. I pull up on the lawnmower 10 yards from these deer and they don't run. Now I go out and go turkey hunting in my food plot, in my backyard. And a deer catches my wind and they are blowing sure. their head off. Yeah. I got blown at this year, probably 300 times turkey hunting. You know, they, they are, they are smart in that aspect. If they can see you and you're walking, like you're not minding, little, you're not paying any yeah, mind to like them. They, got they don't care, buffer but you're trying like, to be stealthy okay, and hunt if them. I smell this dude within X amount of yards, then there's a problem. Yeah. It, it blows my mind, dude, because. Yes, it blows my mind. I can be in the hot tub and deer are, you know, out here and whatever, but I get in a tree stand and it's like, say they know that that scent is X amount of distance closer yeah. to them and they just know it's a threat. How it, how it makes sense, I don't know, no. to be honest with you, so, like, but it's overall, pretty crazy. Like, They're not dumb deer. Up, man. I mean, like, what would you say is one of your, I mean, obviously white deals are, are one of your favorite, but I mean. Uh, is there anything like in the future that you really want to pursue that you haven't been able to? Okay. I really want to get on a uh, Yukon moose hunt really, really bad. Um, that's that and uh, brown bear with a bow. All right. There's the three. Wow. All right. We asked for New one. Zealand red stag, Dude, but for me, <laughs> there, there's a lot, but uh, list, yeah, there's three. Well, if I had to do, if brown I do bear. one, okay. all said and done, I'm, I'm going brown red stag. With a That's me personally. I just want to, I want to sit underneath of this That's red stag. And I've always a, been like you know, that. Sit on but... the hill and watch it get helicoptered out. And, uh, you know, <laughs> is that yeah. what it is? Are they the ranches? <laughs> Those okay. ranches well, out no, in New I'm Zealand. I love it. That, <laughs> yeah. I mean, here's the deal. Well, I used to, I used to be so hooked on red stag. That was my number one for the longest time until I learned yeah. that every single red stag that you okay. see on TV that has okay. a ton of points, dude, they're all farm raised. They're, they're all farm raised. Those red the, stag really actual, look more like an elk. You know, wild red stag, not the farm raised. Yeah. Okay. Well, that kind of bums me out. <laughs> yeah. They look, they look <laughs> like I've actual elk. And uh, sometimes, a lot of times they're even smaller. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're crazy, dude. They're, right. I mean, they're so cool drill. looking. Like, I couldn't imagine I that kind of antler coming up to me. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. Dude, what's September elk? Yeah. Yeah. But it's hard to beat September elk, dude. When you get a bull scream, or sorry, yeah, yeah September elk. When you get a bull yeah. scream I mean, in your face, you, uh, it's what ridiculous. What would you compare? All right. So, like, you got a giant, let's say you got like a 160 walking in 20 yards and you got a bull screaming. Like okay. what's what's pumping your heart up more? Oh, dude, yeah. a bull screaming in your face, your hair stands up on your arms. It's that's like that's like yeah. the the one adrenaline rush that's like hard to beat. It's crazy. Um, no. I mean, if you're like hunting rifle for elk, it's it's not the same in my eyes as far as like getting pumped up, dude. But when you're calling these things in and you're speaking its language. And once you learn all the emotion behind all the calls, when to call, how to call, um, what each call means. I mean, a bugle is not just a bugle, you know, a bugle could be a fighting bugle, a challenge bugle. Um, it could just be a locator bugle. It could be, it could be a million things, but once you learn those things and actually speak the language and you're communicating with this bull and he's basically coming in saying, I'm going to kick your ass, you know, and this is an 800 pound animal charging in, knock, literally knocking trees over. I mean, they'll just walk right over these trees. It's crazy. Um, they don't care, but Man. that that's hard to I be, dude. Do. I, mean, I hope you get that experience so bad. And, it's it's, it's wild. Part of the rut, you know, and actually, I am. I am. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, come into it with an open mind, though. You I'm know, just have fun. Experience, dude. You I know, mean, have fun. Know that's my, the biggest uh, thing. My chances are, like, you know, not really yep. that high for archery success, but I'm, yeah. Yeah, it's a challenging hunt, dude. It's challenging, but it's really rewarding. I got one last question for you that we ask a lot of our guests. That is, what is one thing that you would say sets you apart from a lot of other guys that are dedicated hunters? Like, what's one thing that helps you? You know, maybe you've noticed that makes you more successful than some of the other guys. You know, it might sound cheesy, but. Um, I think I try to think like a deer would think as far as why, like my biggest question is always why, you know, why does this deer use this trail? Why does this deer come into this area? I study specific deer, um, and I will hunt them on days that nobody would even go in the woods. You know, I mean, I killed a buck that showed up on my camera four times, but he only came during pouring rain and 30 mile an hour winds when it was warm, the opposite of what you want to hunt. And I hunted one time for him and killed him. And it was the fourth, it was the fourth time that he's ever shown up on my camera, you know? So really getting in, in, in deep with why they're doing what they're doing. Um, but don't be afraid to be mobile. Don't be afraid to move. Don't be afraid to try things that are new, you know, don't get in the same grind of doing the same old, same old. And the last thing is I don't listen to many people, to be honest with you. I do. And I don't, don't let somebody tell you, Hey, this is how you're going to kill a buck, you know? give the ideas, give examples, you know, and, and, and take what you want from each conversation. I'm not saying don't listen to other people because you will gain so much knowledge listening to other people, but mostly experiences for me, you know, take what you've learned and just keep on growing and keep on Amen, learning brother. and then so put it all things. together. I, I That's how you're going to be successful. I agree with you more on a lot of that. And uh, a lot of that stuff we try to preach on a regular basis, but uh, <laughs> man, it's been a pleasure having you. How can some of our followers keep Absolutely. up with you, man? Instagram. 
Uh, biggest one would probably be Instagram. It'd be my first and last name. So Cole Maney, Cole, C-O-L-E-M-E-H-N-E-Y. Uh, go ahead and hop on there and give me a follow. Um, and also, if any of you guys are thinking about getting out west at all, um, don't hesitate to hop onto my Instagram. Shoot me a DM, give me a, and then I'll give you my number. I'd be happy to place any kind of orders for you guys as far as gear or walk you through what you might need for a right specific on. hunt. There you have it, folks. Yeah, Cole, you thank you so much. For it. <laughs> it was a pleasure having you. Look forward to seeing you here soon. I'll, I'll probably catch you Absolutely, uh, buddy. at the uh, Harrisburg show this year. All right, man. Well, thanks for joining us this evening. All right, man. Yes, sir. All right, brother. You take care. You have a good night. Thanks again for hanging with us today, guys. Really appreciate you all that have made it to this point. I want to give a huge thanks to our sponsor, Lone Wolf Custom Gear. If you guys haven't, get online and check them out at lonewolfcustomgear.com. Got a ton of awesome products, great stuff lined up to get you in the game, make your job a lot easier being a mobile hunter, and not to mention it's some awesome products. So get online, check them out. There's one more stop for the Mobile Hunter Roadshow. It will be in Iowa at the Lone Wolf Custom Gear headquarters. Hopefully you guys can make it. That's one of my favorite shows. Just awesome. Uh, Awesome to just be in Iowa and and check out the Land of Giants. But uh, enough about that. We're going to close today's segment out with a quote. And I really like this quote. And it's nothing um, pointed at anybody. This is just uh, something that I really liked. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoy it too. You don't judge a person by where they stand in times of convenience. You judge a person by where they stand in times of challenge and controversy. Hope that finds you all well. Uh, honestly, it's it is a pretty solid quote. Um, you know, we all go through adversities, and it's really easy to sit back and uh, judge somebody when things are are going good. But you know. We all go through these bad times and challenging times, and that's what makes us better hunters, better people. We hope you guys are having a great weekend. Uh, we hope you're getting after it. Got some bucks. Uh, tag us. Today, we are going to drop the uh, the winner of our giveaway, so hopefully you guys can uh, hang in there for that. Hopefully, plenty of you guys entered. We'll catch you all next week.